and my name is Brittany. I am the host of Capella Industry Insights Podcast with my co-host Kyle here. We have a very, very special guest. We have Tim Ells. He is the project manager over at Bella Investment Group. Tim, we appreciate you coming. Um, I just want to dive right into it, but I think what we want to start by asking is just a little bit about your background, um, kind of what you what you specialize in, how you got into the industry, and what you do here. Yeah, sure. So about seven years ago, I moved from Hawaii to Arizona, uh, got in, involved in the multifamily industry. Uh, I ran a, a renovation crew. We renovated about 400 apartments uh, for Bell Investment Group. And then at the end of that contract, Bell Investment Group in, uh, hired me on as a project manager. So I take care of all their uh, capital improvements, everything from asphalt, concrete, siding, roofs, renovation projects, uh, everything in between. So anything capital improvement that I coordinate and take care of. And we have, uh, right now we have 12 properties in Northern Arizona that I take care of. And uh, Bell Investment Group just recently uh, expanded into the Tucson, Sierra Vista, Southern Arizona market too. It's all just Arizona though? Yeah, all Arizona. Correct. Could you kind of go into a little bit more about just uh, who who Bell Investment is, kind of the background and and what you guys really focus on? Yeah, so Bell Investment Group uh, started by uh, two ladies, um, Amy and Gina. They they solely managed properties for uh, one owner who okay. had so one primary owner who had a few you know he has different investors in all these properties but uh, so we don't own the properties but we manage in that we manage them for one ownership group okay. um, so we're kind of exclusive in that way um, they've they've owned some of these properties since the 80s so where they're different to a lot of other companies that I've seen like they're, they're not coming into buy a property flip it and sell it within five years and stuff they, they you know that they invest time, they invest money, they manage it well. Uh, they're a great company to work for. They they do things the right way. Um, they have a big focus on their values and their virtues, and they you know starts from the top all the way down. They they really push that through, growing and develop, developing their employees. Right. Um, and and you see it in our properties. You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I walk with inspectors and stuff and they always comment on the, the quality of our, our properties mm-hmm. you know and it's it's because it comes from that leadership group right it comes all the way through and they don't take shortcuts they do things the right way yeah so wow. yeah. yeah I love that and why did you guys choose Arizona I mean just because it's work based I mean honestly I'm, I'm not sure why how they, I know that they were in California originally right um, and they moved into the Phoenix market and eventually I think uh, as they they were doing some uh, philanthropic type stuff, they, they moved up to concentrate the, the area that they were working in, right? So they got out mm-hmm. of the Phoenix market yeah. and they just came to Northern Arizona. And um, why they, why they, they moved away from California, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, well, we're pretty yeah. excited that you guys are in uh, yeah. Arizona because we were just talking about earlier, I mean, it's Kyle and I's first time here. and. Yeah. You know, Kyle was able to get a bike in, go through like four uh, lakes, or what did you go through? Oh yeah, I had four river crossings this morning, so, and, and the rivers are running a little higher than normal yeah. probably right now, so there was some taking taking shoes and socks off and right. running across a, an icy river. So. Yeah, so, so I've, I've done the loop you did this morning, and yeah. there's no, there normally aren't any rivers there. Well, so <laughs> I got a little off track um, okay. and went, I don't remember the name of the trail, but um, 
when you get off of Dawa Trail, but if you take a right, wrong, you go kind of down along the oh, yeah, creek yeah. Right there. So, yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, cold river crossing this morning. So <laughs> when you think of Arizona, at least for us, we don't think of Arizona as cold and right. mountains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like evergreen Colorado out here. Right. Really so yeah. I mean, yeah, because obviously we live in Colorado, and I was thinking, you know what? It's going to be. I'm going to see cactus everywhere. It's going to be 100 <laughs> degrees humid and I remember again our conversation from like a year ago you're like no it's gonna people come here to ski I'm like yeah. are you sure and now I'm seeing it so it's pretty cool um, but kind of the topic that I wanted to touch on because I know that you guys specialize obviously in multi-family uh, but some of your properties there's majority students in some of them right um, so I guess I wanted to ask how you just as far as the operation goes with your properties that are mainly students um, versus the ones that are not, how do those, I guess, operate differently? Yeah, so in Flagstaff, we have eight properties up here and, right. and we, we call it the east and west side. Our east side properties away from the campus okay. are you know, more regular apartment style, families, some elderly people. Um, and a couple of those, there's a lot of young professionals that live there. Okay. Our west side properties, mostly student. Um, and so operationally, the way they're different, I mean, it's the, you know, it comes from the lease terms. You know, like on the, on the east side, we have people who have been in the units five, six, seven years. Right. And, and they're staying there. Whereas generally at the student properties, they're, you know, maybe a couple years and then they're moving up and uh, you know they're, they're, we rent out by the room so like a four bedroom over here actually has four leases wow okay. and so you know when it comes to something like a renovation thing it's not just one lease expiration you have to meet that deadline on you have to try to get all four out at the same time and oh, then wow. lease it out again so you know although this property only has 240 room uh, units it's really like six, seven hundred yeah, leases that we're trying to, trying to manage, you know, and trying to break up. So and that's just with the students, so that's not with that's like the families. The students, yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, so that's all the students that. that um, now, some of the, the we do have some families that live on this property, um, and they just kind of like fall into the mix, you know. But uh, it, it is a big difference. It's not student housing per se, but um, it's definitely got a lot of elements of that student, you know, a lot of the challenges, I should say. Right. You know, uh, one of the other things is like how often we're turning a unit or how you're, you know, um, the work that goes into it. You know, students can be kind of rough on, on apartments. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> do you ever like have their parents sign the lease instead to like kind of... I, I think they do. I'm not yeah, that involved okay. in, that, in that part <laughs> of it. I'm more on the like everything on the construction side, yeah, you know, yeah. but I, I, I think that they do. They have to have like... Uh, Parents sign as a that not a co-signer, but like a yeah, like, like hey, insurance. You, basically, you mess yeah. this all up. This is coming right. back on yeah. mom and dad, exactly. so don't mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys have more maintenance staff on the student we properties do. than you yeah. do on just the normal? Yeah. 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 Partly because of the bigger communities too, right. but also um, you know, even renovations aside, when. When someone comes around, we, you know, 50 to 70% of the students leave and they turn each of those rooms, yeah. right? So they turn the common area and they turn the rooms and that's a full paint. That's, you know... Um, Probably carpet so, most of the time. Carpet, yeah. for sure, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of patching walls. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, so that kind of stuff. Uh, 
So we probably have, I'd say maybe like three or four more maintenance techs. Right. Okay. Yeah. On, a, on a property like Yeah, this. and they're probably much busier. I feel like students don't necessarily treat things as nicely. I mean, you said that earlier, but like a, a family and as you get older, you start to learn that even though this isn't mine, I shouldn't put holes in the walls or like. But then again, if like parents are on, I think that that would maybe cause the kids to have a little bit more respect. No, no not really. Not, not from what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Like no, I still Just in the last uh, week, I've walked a lot of apartments <laughs> at, at this, you know, and I was kind of having the same thought where I'm like, Man, if my kid was here, I'd be doing spot checks all the time yeah. to, to make sure that this wasn't going on. Yeah. You know, um, and, and a lot of it's just like the stage of life I think they're in. You know, they're they're partying yeah. and they're at college and yeah. they're not necessarily Living their best maintaining life. a home. They're just, it's a place where they sleep at night. Yeah. And so they come home and, and then they go to school. Yeah. You know, so. Are they furnished units as well? These are. So what does that look like, replacing furniture? Is that just part yeah. of your Yeah, we have that in the budget, budget every yeah. year, yeah. Reminds me of like little Airbnbs. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we we, uh, we change out furniture. They do unit to unit inspections every year, um, and then they'll kind of mark and see what's damaged, what's not, and then just kind of replace it as they go, you know, so. Yeah, and does um, like safety deposits, do those, help you guys out much or usually the, the cost to repair is always going to be higher than a, a safety deposit at the start? Again, of the I'm not that involved on like okay. the, the leasing side over here, like, yeah. you know, but, yeah, thank God. But, but, but I know what it costs to fix everything, so I can't imagine that it covers everything. Yeah, so, okay. You know, um, and and th some of the apartments, I mean, th there's a lot that are good, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you, it's always the bad ones that kind of stick out in your mind. Right, right. right. Um, what is the, okay, what is the worst one that you've ever seen? Well, <laughs> it's hard to say, because like, the worst one I've ever seen wasn't at a student property. It was uh, at, at a regular place, you know, uh, a hoarding situation, where that's really mental illness, right? Yeah. So like, you know, but, but I could tell you some horror stories about that, you know. Um, but sometimes, you know, elderly people die, uh, and you only find them a few weeks later and stuff. So, so it's really hard to say. As far as student stuff, I mean, sometimes I think there's more people living in there than they say. And uh, yeah. those situations, it's just the amount of people that they'll have in there, um, yeah. you know. But our, our property, the, the staff, the, the site crew, the maintenance and the leasing, they're pretty good about like keeping on top of stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And uh, if they see stuff like that, they'll address it. And, um, again, those inspections as they go through, every time a new person goes in, they get to see the whole apartment, right? right. And so that they'll correct it, you know. Um, I've been walking properties this week and made some notes and passed it along, and I know the property managers already addressed some of that, so. Yeah. yeah. So were you guys, I mean, go to college? Did you stay in dorms? Did you experience that? Well, so I went to University of Colorado and my first year, all freshmen are required to stay in a dorm oh. for one year. And so that's all like campus-owned student housing. Sophomore year, you can stay in the dorm, but that's not what you want to do. So there's similar situations with apartments spread out all over Boulder. And uh, same with, I think leasing was a similar setup where we were, I was in a four bedroom 
for the three years after my freshman year. And I think everyone had separate leases as well. But yeah, we were in a four bedroom and it got beat up. Mm -hmm. I mean, and when you're in a place for three years, I mean, it, yeah. it happens, but uh, we weren't like throwing parties or intentionally destroying stuff, but sometimes you have friends over and things get rowdy and someone falls into a wall <laughs> and now there's a hole in your wall. And, I mean, we did our best to tell maintenance and maintenance was always very good about picking that stuff up, but uh, yeah, they just get beat up. And when you're using like builder grade carpet and stuff like that, yeah. there's only so much it can take. So. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fun. How about you? Yeah, I didn't go to college. <laughs> you know, no, I, got, I jumped right into the workforce. Yeah. Um, I owned a couple businesses and stuff, so I didn't, but it's it's interesting to hear from the other side of things and right. how people did it. Because I have obviously have friends that went to college and yeah. stuff, and I hear a lot of different stories. Some that are partiers and they go crazy, right. and then others that are, you know, I put my head down and I worked and yeah. treat it with respect, so... Yeah. And, and you can see that on our properties. I mean, you know, there, there's some apartments where you go in and you're like, man, these people are like, you just want them to stay forever, right? It's like, you know, and uh, they're in their room busy studying when you get there. And yeah. you know, it looks great and everything. And then others, they're waking up at like two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, oh, you know, the different, different <laughs> approaches to that stage of your life. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, that students are hard on properties, but so are people with young families, right? I, I have a young family, and I can tell you my kids aren't, you know, they, they cause their fair share of damage. But I think the difference is that, like, uh, young families will fix the problem, get maintenance involved if they need to, yeah. or like me, I'll put a wall patch on the wall and get some paint and paint, and, you know, get it fixed up. Yeah. Um, Whereas students tend to just kind of let things go until they have to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So, when they're yeah. a week out from yeah, exactly. closing their yeah. lease and they're like, oh my gosh, that hole is still there. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to put a poster over yeah, it. Oh, yeah. Like, Plenty posters. I've done that once or twice. <laughs> I did do that. But I was young when I did that. <laughs> okay. So kind of moving forward, I want to ask, what was the life cycle or what is the life cycle of your units and when do you choose to renovate and uh, how often do you do that? Yeah. So. Like I say, student housing, uh, the student properties, we, we turn the units every year, just about. Um, so oh, wow. uh, that's like a full paint and, and repairs. As far as uh, full renovations, where we'd come and replace cabinets, countertops, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, uh, the properties that we manage right now, we've, we've done four of them, and I, and I believe those were the first renovations they had, had done. Wow. So, you know, some of them from built in the 90s, 80s. Again, I think Bella does a really good job about maintaining and keeping everything up to up to standard. Right. You know, yeah. Um, there are apart. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they would never like let it get that bad. Yeah. And then there's obviously been units where they've had a renovation done, but it's not a full renovation of a property, right? Sure. You've had to do a more extensive turn sure. in some of the units. Um, the as far as like the, our student properties, we're only just getting into those renovations right now. And typically what a renovation looks like for us is we do 10, 12 a month, and it goes year round, which in Flagstaff with all the snow has its challenges, mm -hmm. right? Like winter months, you might only be getting seven in a month. In the summertime, we can get a little more. 
but with the student property, you know, we get that vacancy May, June, July, mm -hmm. where we, we could try to turn 75 units in those three months. That's wild. And, uh, which is a, a challenge we're, we're just kind of going through now. So mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to learn and take on the, the bull by the horns, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, you it's very it. different to what we've done in the past. So I think we've, uh, we've got a good plan in action, but it, it's different, you know. Again, yeah. managing all those lease expressions, getting them all out, and then there's that hard cutoff time where you have to have them done. So. Because, I mean, if you don't get it done on time, yeah. right, then it's like you have to go a whole nother, what, school year or whatever yeah. before you can. Exactly. And that's a lot of money that can go out if yeah. you don't hit that. So, yeah, the, the vacancy loss is huge because once the students come into town, if, if they don't have that, you know, by the time school starts, they've found a place to stay. So right. if your place isn't ready, they find somewhere else and then yeah. you really, you wouldn't rent it out. Yeah. So. Well, I think I was telling you on maybe the drive over here, uh, the place that I stayed in college, I had signed a lease. I mean, you're, you're signing the lease pretty much as your spring semester is wrapping up. So you have the summer in between. And so I had signed for my fall semester and they're like, it was brand new construction. They're like, oh yeah, we'll be done in time. Yeah. So you start getting closer to the date, you go back for uh, just to check in, get your books, all that, typically a week or two before. And then we got there and it was like, this is still a construction site. Yeah. So the day we were supposed to start our lease, we get a letter in the mail that says, you guys are staying in a hotel for until we're done. So we were in a hotel for four weeks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the the property owner is paying to put all these kids up in in hotels. And I mean, that's expensive. That yeah. that hurts when that happens. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you got the cost of the hotel, but you're also not getting in. The, exactly. Yeah, you're not making money yeah. you're, and you're losing money. And, so. you're, and you're building or renovating. So it's, it's yeah. very costly. Mm -hmm. So how does Capella or you know, Global Construction, how do you guys, when you have those big deadlines coming up, you know, the, the properties in that situation and you fall behind schedule, like? Yeah, I mean, you know what happens, it, it has happened more with COVID and yeah. our uh, suppliers really struggling to give us set dates for materials. That's been crushing on us uh, for the most part. We try to plan up front so that it doesn't happen. But right. yeah, I mean, it, it, it does happen. And when it does happen, it's really just our policy to communicate as best we can and right. do our best to mitigate the problem, maybe increase the, the number of guys working on that project to mm -hmm. speed things along. Right. Um, but I mean, like I said, with, with suppliers and stuff, we've had issues like with windows and stuff where you order them and they're like, oh yeah, they'll be there in six weeks. And then at six weeks you're calling them and they're like, oh, we're actually four weeks out. It's like, yeah. right. we, had a, we don't have any control over that. So we either bring in more crews because we have traveling crews or people yeah. that, you know, we hire locally. But then we also have had, we've had an incident where some of our material didn't come in time. And so the tenant moved in even though the unit wasn't completely finished, sure. um, but they were able you know, allow us to come in there and, and finish what you do, it's just minor yeah. things. Right. Um, obviously that's not ideal, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> you work with what you can and it, it does come, sometimes come down to 
if our suppliers don't get us what we need into certain things like the cabinets or little things like that. Um, communication is definitely on the forefront, but then also making sure that we have, we always try to have two or three backup plans as far as you know, our vendors, um, our, our subs, everybody. Right. Because you never know what might happen, right? So if yeah. you have a backup plan and then a backup plan to that backup plan, you have something to fall on. Because usually with construction, something's, something's gonna happen. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I can tell you from our side, you know, from the management side, that communication is what makes all the difference with the company, right? Like, because we've seen it before where there's a problem and they're like trying to fix it, trying to fix it, and then they give you a week. Uh, oh, yeah, we're four weeks out now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not just like, oh, okay, well, we'll change the date. Right. You have tenants moving in, yeah. you know, at a student property. Their parents have taken time off work. They've got a moving truck. They've got all the, and there's all these different pieces. Right. You know, I, I found that what's always helped us the most is when you see that problem four weeks out, just mm -hmm. say something right then. Yes. You know, you communicate yeah. it then because that, you know, you, can, you know you'll, you'll try to still meet that deadline, but at least everybody knows ahead of time, you know, the tenant, the, the end user. Yeah. It's like our company's like a, like the best way we like to describe it is like, we're like a wheel. So we're all connected to each other. Yeah. All the way from, you know, marketing, business development, our superintendents, our project managers, everybody, our estimate, everybody. So it's like, at whatever stage we're in, if we see that there's a problem, there needs to be clear communication so we can work together as a team to figure out, okay, what's the next best move? Because yeah. like you said, telling me a week out isn't going to do anything, but if we can catch it ahead of time, then we communicate internally, um, figuring out, okay, what is our game plan? That way, when we do go to our client, we're not saying, oh, well, I don't know. Well, yeah. no, we've already discussed it. We've come out with some action plans, and then we're able to be like, okay, here, here's the plan. Yeah. Now we have a little bit more confidence, too, and. and facing those issues when they do, when yeah. they do come. And I think a lot of times, including the client in that conversation, yeah. right, they, they can come up with some pretty good ideas oh, where absolutely. they can say something like, oh, you, you haven't got your appliances in, well, we still have the old appliances. Right. We'll just put those and then we'll just switch out, right? Yeah. Or, you know, I know, I know we've many times helped the, the person working for us. You know, we, it, it's a give and take, right? right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And on properties out of state, like Arizona specifically in the past, when we're doing like 100 units over however many months, we like to order upfront for yeah. everything, like yeah. all 100 units, and we'll just pay for storage and have a storage container with right. all of like doorknobs and cabinet hardware and all that stuff that can just sit in right. a storage container there, and that way, when it's needed, we can have it versus well, we've finished these 10 units, it's time to start thinking about these. Instead, we're thinking about the right. whole project instead right. of the chunks, so. Yeah. How did COVID affect, you know, um, companies like us, their decisions to move forward on big projects? Did you guys see a big, were people kind of like hesitant and holding back or? I've been seeing that a lot. A lot of people not wanting to move forward with, you know, upgrades, renovations. <laughs> a lot more of uh, buy and hold. Um, we've definitely seen a lot more of that. Yeah. Uh, just a lot more reservation. Uh, a lot of investors are a little bit more weary. Yeah. Um, that's what I've seen a lot of. Yeah, and we were working with a lot of um, flippers versus buy and hold, yeah. and, uh, especially in our area. I mean, Denver and the Springs and all of that is like growing like crazy. So people are just trying to cash in on it. And I think one of the bigger challenges we saw was giving a bid 
in quarter one, but not starting Shit. a project until quarter, four. <laughs> quarter three or four. And prices were so volatile that like the bid was just no longer accurate. I like 10 to 15 percent difference in just like kit pricing. Yeah. So that was yeah. that was brutal. Yeah. But I mean, you have to pivot. And I think that with COVID, it, I don't think anybody saw it coming. You know, so we all had to pivot and figure out what to do and how to problem solve. And I think that's where you got to have a lot of grit. That's what I saw. A lot of people with grit, like, you know, you just got to dig your heel in and, and figure it out. That's what I found on both yeah. sides, the construction side, right. but then also on the property management side, the ownership side. Uh, I think that that's what everybody was, came, what it came down to, right. you know. What about you, though? I mean, how, how did it really affect yeah, you? Yeah, definitely, because we've been looking at doing two big renovations now yeah. for about three years, yeah. uh, and there were those reservations from the ownership. You know, we were at contract, you know, day of signing mm -hmm. on one of the years where we, and then we pulled out, you know, yeah. um, which is tough for, for the people in my position and for the people like you who put all the work into it, right? Um, but, you know, when I, when I think back, those investors are a lot smarter than, than me. <laughs> and, and they saw things come in that I didn't, you know, and yeah. even when companies said, no, we'll be okay, uh, supply is not gonna be an issue, towards the end there was yeah. the, there were issues, yep. you know, and so they almost operate on a different level, at yeah. least to me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, learn to trust them and uh, they, they make wise decisions. Right. So, They're trying to think ahead. They're yeah, not trying to yeah. think of the short game and say, okay, well, let's right. look 10 steps ahead and see. Right. Where, where it's gonna go. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, one of my last questions here was, you know, how do you strategize between, um, you know, having to meet strict deadlines, but we kind of went into that a little bit and how you guys plan ahead. Um, is there anything else that you might want to touch on that? Um, what I found key is like just having, I, I think that both parties have to be really involved right. in the renovation. Like, uh, you could hire a company like yourselves who are very capable and everything and just say, yeah, give me my unit back when it's done. Um, but I've really found that like with us being very involved in the, in the process too, that's gone a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, because there is, like you say, things will always come up. Mm -hmm. And if we can just have that like honest communication, we know that there's a bit of give and take. Right. Um, we, we tend to always figure it out. You know? yeah. but, um, I think that's the biggest part is the relationship piece and it's not just at least for us it's not just like yes we want to be able to take your guys's vision and say okay you know and trust us with your vision so we can put it together for you but personally I also do feel getting you guys involved in the problem solving we want to actually we want to come to you with solutions but we want to involve you with that as well to like right. hey because you're right like you said earlier more minds are better than one and so if we bring you guys in you guys are going to see from a different point of view or you might have some other solutions that we didn't think of or the communication piece is is critical especially in the in the relationship of that and making sure it does run smoothly right yeah i think involving as many people as possible too like holly creek that the project we just completed that senior living uh, there were so many people involved in that because it's it's a senior living so the renovation is for that person because they're gonna be staying there quite a while. And so we're we're not only working with like property owner, we're working with executive director, we're working with leasing people, we're working with the actual client uh, and sharing like all the different options that they can select from to have exactly what everyone wants along the way. It's not just, 
here's plans, kick it out. Like, the back and forth is gonna help in the entire process. I mean, a lot of times, you guys will work with a designer and they'll send you, but a designer isn't necessarily building the units every day. They're not pricing kids every day. And so we're working with that all the time and we can kind of value engineer a little more and give feedback on, oh, do we really need this $175 kitchen faucet when we have an $85 one that looks and functions pretty much the same because I mean, especially with like students living in your properties, it's like why put that nice expensive one in when exactly. it may need to be replaced in two or three years anyways. So. Yeah. yeah. And a designer may not think like right. that. Yeah. They're thinking yeah. about the how to make it look nice and uh, and function. So yeah. Yeah, I really think like the communication thing. Just to go back to that, um, when you don't involve all those players, like you said, as soon as something goes wrong, there's everybody just starts pointing fingers, right? Yes. Well, this person didn't do it, you know. But when, when, you, when everybody's in and it's like, it feels more like a team. Yeah. You know, it's a team that encompasses all the different companies, all the different parties. The, you're more inclined to look for s solutions as opposed to pointing fingers. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and, you know, I know that when I was on the, on the ground doing the work with the crew, the only difference between myself and, and the previous project manager was like, I just made a relationship with the property manager. Mm. Checked in every day, how's your dog doing? You know, all that yeah. kind of like little chit chat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anytime I needed something, hey, there's a problem, we're three weeks out now. Oh, not a problem, yeah. we'll figure it out, you know. Whereas before it was kind of like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what's your favorite um, part of your job, your position? What do you love the most? Um, I like problem solving. Yeah? Yeah. There's always problems that come up. Um, I really like to be involved in that. Um, thinking outside the box, you know, like coming up with solutions, make, making people happy. Yeah. I'd say problem solving and, and helping people. Those are like my two things I get mm -hmm. fulfillment out of, you know. So, like you and this job provides plenty of opportunity for <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of problem sure, solving. Yeah. Lots of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's because it's like, yes, it's business, it's where everybody's winning, but at the end of the day, you're working with other human beings, and it's like right. you've a lot of different personalities, a lot of temperaments, a lot of, you know, quirks and everything, and I think that's a, in itself can be yeah. rewarding working with different types of people, yeah. in my opinion. And, and, and the different types of people from like guys on the construction crew. You know, to go, go yeah. hang out with them, all the way up to like property managers, to investors, all yeah. different walks of life. And if you can, you know, speak into each of them and, and bring joy to all of them. Yes. You know, a lot of times I'll be like talking to guys on the crew and they're kind of like, why are you talking to me? You know, like they're mm -hmm. expecting that I'm only going to be talking to the, to the upper levels. And it's like, no, I'm interested in you. You know, yep. tell me about I you. That. Yeah. I so love that. I, I enjoy that part of it too. Treat yeah. everybody same yeah with respect exactly. and yeah so everybody sure. matters um, so I want to ask you a couple questions totally yeah. off-topic here yeah so what is your uh, favorite sports memory or moment in sports history yeah okay so I'm from South Africa our big sport is rugby right have you seen the movie Invictus no Look, my day has been Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, it was a movie about the Rugby World Cup in, in 1995. And uh, 
it ties in the political aspects of what was happening in the country, like the end of apartheid and everything. Okay. But so I was 12, 13 years old. South Africa won the World Cup and they hosted the World Cup that year. Oh. So for a kid my yeah. age, that was just like, it was incredible. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I get goosebumps thinking about <laughs> And then uh, two, uh, four years ago, 2019, South Africa won it again. They, they've won it other times too, but now my son, he was 13 at the time, nice. oh. so, to, so to see him watching it and going through all the stuff that I kind of went through. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, cool. yeah, was, wow. yeah, so those World Cup wins are... Do you still play a little bit? Uh, I'll play like once a year in like a social side, okay, like okay. tennis tournament. I coach the boys' teams and my, my boys play, so bet that still feels pretty good involved with it. Yeah. To watch him kind of follow yeah, them. Oh, yeah, seeing them growing and, and, and moving up and playing. It's super fun. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's like a life goal. I got two nephews. One's into, uh, uh, he does um, wrestling. He's so mm. cute. <laughs> like, like I definitely want you know my kids to be in sports, probably yeah. fighting of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kai? Oh, sports memory. I'm going to have to come up with different ones every podcast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, or just even like a sport that you like, something you like to do, a fun memory. You know, I'm... I'm going to go with a little off topic, uh, but in line with, with kind of South, South African alternative sports that Americans don't think yeah. a lot about. But I have been staying up and watching the Cricket World Cup oh, really? and yeah. getting really into cricket. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's been fun. I watched, um, who was it? It was uh, India and Australia the other yeah. day played and then uh, New Zealand and England. So, yeah, it's been kind of hard to learn after growing up with, like, baseball. Right. It's a, a little it's bit similar different. but a little different. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I really like, okay. like cricket right now. Yeah. Oh. So the last ten minutes of a cricket game are, like, <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's... The first eight hours, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, um, depending kind of like on what style of cricket you're right, watching, because yes. I, I mean, the World Cup is all test cricket, so it goes for like actual days. Yeah. Like they stop for like lunch and tea and all that. Right, it's, right. it's yeah, and then there's there's five day games. Yeah, which you know that both teams wear all white. It's like it's the most. <laughs> my grandparents would sit and watch that like you know five days of cricket. It's like wow. watching the grass grow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the one day and the World Cup stuff, so that's, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, yeah. I don't think I have like a, you know, favorite one in history. I just have to say I've been watching Rocky lately. I don't know, <laughs> that's, that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching, I don't know, I really enjoy fighting and watching it. And um, I had my kids watch Rudy. Couple, yeah, you know, a couple, couple of weeks. <laughs> that is such great, a great. powerful movie. Oh, yeah. Have you You're seen it? Fan? <laughs> uh, you know my take. I told you my take on um, yeah. most of those movies. Okay, well, it's a good. I thought it was a good powerful yeah. movie. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Did you watch Rocky Four last night? I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> it was good. Um, okay, so last question. I guess kind of relates to construction. But what is your favorite power tool to use? And it doesn't even have to be a power tool. Like it's just a construction yeah. tool. Yeah. Uh, so from the days when I was hanging cabinets and stuff, the, the one tool I was always hesitant to buy was a multi-tool. You know, uh, it's got all the different heads. You were like hesitant to buy? Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, I don't need that. Like I can get by without it. Oh, like and then I bought it. Oh man. 
It was like game changer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Baseboards, oh, the trim, yeah. all of it. They're yeah. amazing. So, so good. Yeah. So, it's definitely still my favorite tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your tool today? I'm going to have to say the wet saw, man. Cut the tile. Saw? It's so soothing just to watch it go through and just it cuts so perfectly. I just don't think there's anything better. Yeah. What about you? Um, man, I, I think I have two right now. Um, I'm going to get judged for this. Um, <laughs> so I miss having access to a bandsaw. We had an old bandsaw in the, the theater shop that was, it used to be used to like cut cows. It was like in a butcher shop and it was incredible. It just cut like butter. Um, and I had to do what a bandsaw does with a table saw the other day, cutting, uh, this is where I'm going to get judged. I cut a two by six in half, like long wise through the table saw. So super dangerous, yeah. not fun. And I was like, man, a bandsaw would have just done that in two seconds. Right. But the other one is I just bought myself a grinder, like an angle grinder. And that was a lot of fun to use. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting more into metal stuff, metal working. So it was woodworker by, by nature. And now that I'm working on my truck, it's time for metalworking and yeah. potentially going to get a welder here soon and yeah. start learning how to do that. So. Done a little bit of welding, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Kind of suck at it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. my, my dad's a, a welder and yeah. my oh, really? old childhood was like, hold this. That's my dad. Close your eyes. Okay. <laughs> What's the smell? <laughs> Yeah. My dad works on cars, so that'd be me. Like, okay, hand me this tool, and then you get mad that I don't know which tool. <laughs> <laughs> Just hold but you, a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> hold this up. <laughs> yeah. Good times. I think that's like the most stressful thing for any kid is hold the flashlight. Because yeah. you never yes. hold it right. You never do it right. <laughs> and, like, angle it this way. Yeah. Yeah. And then now my son like says stuff like that. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm doing that too. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just falls down the line. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, Tim, I mean, unless you had anything else that you'd like to add, I mean, that you answered a lot of our questions. You gave us a lot of insight. Um, this was a lot of fun. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to chat with you guys. It was fun for sure. Yeah. So, well, we yeah. appreciate you coming on here and spending some time with us, allowing us to come over here and. Uh, yeah, letting us use your set this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're. Our yeah. hotel didn't have quite the set. Our hotel did not have much <laughs> at all. So we're happy not to be much here. Much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Happy to be here, but thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Guys. <laughs> it's been a pleasure.